right there in your house, right there in your living room, right there in your kitchen, right there in your apartment. Come on, once you lift your hands, we worship you, the one who defeated death, hell, and the grave. And we say, hallelujah. Come on, say that right there in your house. Hallelujah. It means praise the Lord. Some of you this morning need to praise the Lord because of something good he's done. Some of you need to praise the Lord in spite of situations that are going on in your life right now. So come on, one more time, team. Come on, let's just say it loud. Praise the Lord. The Bible says, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. He is good and he does good. And he's watching over his word to perform it. Let him perform that word in your life. In the middle of pain, adversity, difficulty, circumstances that look like they're not going the way the word of God says or you'd like, praise the Lord. When you're on the mountaintop and you got a lot of money in the bank and health is in store for you, it's stored up for you, <laughs> praise the Lord. The book of Habakkuk says when there's no fruit on the trees and there's no cattle in the stalls, when there's no fruit in the field, Habakkuk says, I choose to rejoice in the Lord. That's faith. That's what attracts the promises of God. That's what attracts God to you. Someone said that God will pass over millions of people on the earth just to find somebody, a man, a woman, a teenager, a college student, that will believe him and act in faith. And the greatest thing you can do is lift your voice and honor and thank him. Come on, one more time. Can you say it out loud? Those three words that will change your life for the rest of your life. Praise the Lord. Come on, you said it so good. Come on, one more time. I can, I, I'm hearing you up here in the church. Come on, somebody. Praise the Lord. Man, you're sounding so good. I know I said one more time, but this is the last time, I promise. One more time. Come on, get your kids together. Come on, my, grand, my, my grandkids are probably saying it. Come on, one more time. Praise the Lord. Lord. Wow. Amazing, amazing Sunday. Thanks team. Thanks for being here with us. We are so glad that you're here joining us live Spectrum Church. We are so glad to be able to come to you and thank God for all the technical support and all the people that are involved and what's going on to make this, uh, uh, this happening happen every single Sunday. And we are thrilled to be able to come into your home or your apartment or wherever you're viewing. Maybe you're working today and you got a little break and you're just on your phone and we welcome that. We're so glad that we can uh, use the technology that's available. And thank God for a great, great team that's doing this. If you could see the people that are back here just kind of making this thing happen. So come on, give some clap emojis for all the tech team, all the worship team. Come on, that's my clap emoji. All the singers here, all the camera people there, they're all back hearing you. They're smiling real big. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Again, our general flow on Sunday morning, we jump into the Word of God, but before we do, we always give you an opportunity to what we say around here so financially into the kingdom of God. There's lots of things you can give toward, and there's lots of things, I don't know, hanging out on my, on my Facebook feed and my Instagram feed, and everybody's you know, looking for some money, and, and there's nothing wrong with that. But how, how many know the greatest thing you can do is, is give towards something that's going to be changing people's lives, listen, for eternity? 
And that's really the power and the beauty of giving to the local church, is that the local church is here to change people's lives, not only naturally, but forever, for eternity. And your giving is doing that. So I want to say thank you for everybody here at Spectrum Church. And maybe you're tuning in just with us from some other state. We welcome you. We're so glad you're here with us. But really, when we talk about tithes and offerings and giving to the local church and generosity, that is really geared towards people who make Spectrum Church their home church. And we have been, no, you know, no new news to you. We have been in a season of really difficulty, a season of strain, a season of uncertainty. And yet we know we have a rock. We have a solid foundation in a person called Jesus Christ and in the very love of the Father of God and in the person of the Holy Spirit who now lives and dwells inside each and every one of you that made Jesus the Lord of your life. He's there to help navigate you and I through this really crazy, crazy season that we're in. Uh, I don't know if we're going to get another stimulus check. They said more money's coming on the way. Uh, I know businesses and a lot of businesses, some businesses are booming, some businesses are struggling. I know families that this is a great time for them, that somehow, someway in their business, it's doing great. Uh, They haven't lost any income. I know other families that it's been very, very difficult. No matter where you're at on that spectrum, (laughs) have faith in God. And praise the Lord and keep sowing, keep alive your giving because giving always talks to you about a future, a future. So I want to encourage you, uh, there'll be giving options that you can do, text to give, you can mail in some finances if you desire to do that. Easiest way that's been going on really for the last several months and for several years we've been doing it is online giving. I want to again say thank you, thank you, thank you for your generosity. We are going to get through this current situation. Uh, New normal, whatever, well, I don't know all that, but I'm just saying we're going to get through this. We're going to be able to meet again whenever that time is, but, but, but join us on Friday nights for prayer here on the property. But your giving is keeping the mission of the church moving forward. So again, thank you, thank you, thank you for that. Let's jump into the lesson today. We're in a series of lessons called Principal Living. We've been going for, this will be our sixth week. So glad that you've been with us. What we really did is several weeks ago, we started talking about some Bible characters uh, from the Old Testament and and the New Testament as well that really developed and had uh, something in them that was different, was abnormal, if you will, that God worked in their life and they had a principle of living that just simply changed not only their life but their families and it actually changed culture as well. We we talked about our first guy named Noah. Noah built that ark and he just flat out, the, the, the principle we looked at was a principle of obedience. We looked at the second guy called Daniel. And Daniel was a man that was a young man. He was taken away captive into Babylon for 70 years. And yet Daniel, the scripture said, had an excellent spirit. Everything he did was excellent. He followed God. And, and we talked about having an excellent spirit in our own lives. A couple weeks ago, we talked about a guy named Job. And we found out with Job, this brother had to have patience in suffering. Again, maybe that's a word for a lot of you right now. Patience in suffering, in uncertainty, in difficulty, in tests, in challenges, and in some turmoil times that are going on right now. Last week we talked about a brother from the book of Genesis called Joseph. And we said the principle we need to live by is the principle of forgiveness. Of forgiveness. And, and we need that every single day of our life. Maybe even more 
than ever right now during some quarantine and some difficult times going on. We need to forgive those closest to us as we found out Joseph needed to do. We need to forgive his brothers that sold him into slavery. How awful was that? But he overcame and you can overcome too. Uh, today I really want to talk to you about uh, one principle. It's really not uh, a character-based driven principle, but it's from the very first book of the Bible to the toward the end of the Bible. It's a principle that is you're going to find in any man or any woman or any teenager, of course they're a man or a woman, that, that is doing anything special in the Bible, anything supernatural, anything that you kind of went, wow, I want to be like that. You're going to see this principle in their lives. I'm going to read you a scripture from Proverbs, and then we'll just kind of set up where we're going today. Uh, And then I'm going to read you a scripture in Romans that really talks about this principle. And then we're going to break it down. We're going to look at four scriptures that say almost the identical same thing that talk about this one principle that I want in your life today. Maybe you'll pick it up when we read Romans. Read with me in Proverbs chapter 22, verse 18. I'll read it from the Amplified Bible. The writer says this, listen carefully and hear the words of the wise. So so pay attention, pay attention, he says, and apply your mind to my knowledge. Listen carefully and apply your mind to my knowledge. For it will be pleasant if you keep them in mind. If you keep them in mind. It will be pleasant if you keep these words in mind. Check it out. Incorporating them as guiding principles. Look at that. Taking the word of God, taking what God said, keeping them in your heart, keeping them in your mind, applying them, it will be pleasant to you if you incorporate them as guiding principles. Let them be ready on your lips to guide and strengthen yourself and others. Guide and strengthen yourself and others. The writer of Proverbs is saying you have to have guiding principles. You have to have something that's beyond yourself in the midst of storms, in the midst of uncertainty, in the midst of everyday life as a young person, as an elderly person, not giving in to fear, not giving in to worry, not giving in to anxiety, being a person who's going to believe, being a person who's going to forgive, being a person who we said is going to obey as Noah, being a person who's going to be patient in suffering, that you have in your life, you have incorporated guiding principles. These are, these are marks in the sand. These are foundation things you don't get away from. You never leave because if they'll be in your life, they'll need to be on your lips and they will guide you and strengthen. Look at that now, yourself, and they will strengthen others. And the others, I think number one they need to strengthen, of course, is your family. The Word of God will be a guiding principle in every area of your life, for you and for those, number one, that are close to you. These words are words to live by. These words are words to build a life on. These words will keep you when the storms of life try to blow you off course. Everybody now has a phone in their car. You know, we all have phones. And, and whether you had, you know, when cars started coming out with GPS, GPS and navigation equipment, you know, in the cars and they would tell us where to go. Now the navigation equipment, of course, is in our own phone. And we all know it. Whenever you get off, off course, it'll start spinning and it will say rerouting. 
rerouting. And so many of your lives, maybe right now, many of us, we need to be rerouted. We're going in a wrong direction. We're thinking in a wrong direction. We're believing, maybe, in a wrong direction. Let the Word of God. My prayer is that you let the Word of God be the guiding principle in your life that will strengthen you, that will keep you, that you incorporate it into your life. It is part of your life. It has to be, can I say it this way? Your whole life. So now your whole life has to be involved with what the Word of God says. My whole life. I'm not just adding this to my life. This has to be my life that I think this way, I believe this way, I expect this way, I think this way. I discipline myself to live according to the principles of God. And when you do, it's going to strengthen yourself. The power of a man or a woman who lives a principled life, could I say it this way, will make or break you, will bring great heartache or great joy, will bring great peace or great turmoil. So my plea to you is that you would incorporate these guiding principles into your life. Romans chapter 3, told you we're going to go there. Read it with me in the, in the Amplified Bible. Let me set it up a little bit. The Apostle Paul is writing to the, to the Romans, the, the Christians that are there. And, and there's, there's been this constant battle with Paul going into a Jewish territory, if you will, that, that they were trying to go back into the law. And there, there was the Old Testament law, remember, with all these commands. And really, Moses had hundreds and hundreds of commands, not just the Ten Commandments. But God gave Moses all these different laws and rituals and rules to live by day in and day out. And Paul comes up and says, listen, Jesus Christ fulfilled all that. You need to live under grace. You need to live under the mercy of God now. You can live under the love of God. You can live under the righteousness of God now because of what Jesus Christ did for you in his death, burial, and resurrection. But, but as you can imagine, there was this tension. There was this pull going back and forth constantly in what the Apostle Paul was saying to these people who were under the Old Testament law. But he says something, we're parachuting right down into just one verse, so I'm doing you a little bit of disservice. So go ahead and maybe read a couple verses before and a couple verses after. But verse 27, Paul says this, Then what becomes our pride and boasting? He says, it's excluded. It's banished. It's ruled out entirely. We can't boast of anything that we've done. I can't boast of anything that I've done, all kind of good works and all kind of things to, to make myself right with God. So he says, on the principle of doing good deeds, on the principle of doing good works, on the principle of, of, of me working this thing out, me, me trying to make my life so good that God accepts me, he says, no, but on the principle of faith. Would you shout that out at home? No, but on the principle of faith. Today, and we're probably not going to get done, we'll pick it up here again next week, or maybe part two of this mini-series we got going on with principle living. The principle I want to drill down in your heart again today is the principle of faith. We said this, that a principle is a foundation or a system of belief or behavior. That's been our working definition for the last several weeks. A principle is a, a system of belief and behavior that's just, uh, that, that'll give you a foundation. And, and we said that system of belief or behavior, 
it can be positive or negative. It, 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 can be, it can be working for you or it can be working against you based on if it's true or not. I know a lot of people that they've based their life on a foundation that is just not true. And it's almost like the, you know, pardon me if I get in your business this morning, but, you know, the, the, the flat earthers, it's just not true. <laughs> the world isn't flat. The world's round. I've seen the pictures from space. Come on. I've seen it. And so if you build your life on that which is not true, your foundation will always be shaky. The principle we want to talk about this morning, we'll continue on again, like I said, next week. Paul says, your life must not be built on the works you do to try to make you right with God. Your life must be based on the principle of faith. Come on, put that in the chat. The principle of faith. So again, let's look at this thought here. The principle of faith, we've got it right here. The principle of faith isn't based on you doing more to get something from God. And I think this is a huge thing for many Christians. I would say many non-Christians believe this. I, I, I've got to do, if I just do, if I just, if I just do more good things, I'm going to be right with God. But the principle of faith isn't based on you doing more to get something from God. That's not what the principle of faith is. You can't do anything more to make yourself right with God. For you that know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, let me ask you a question. Can you ever be more saved? No. The answer is no. So you doing more, you, you giving more money, you raising your hands more, you being kind more, how could that get you to be more saved? It doesn't. But if we're not careful... We will develop a foundational issue in our lives that when something's not going right, I just have to do more. I have to pray more. I have to show up more. I have to worship a little bit louder. I have to pray not 10 minutes. I have to pray 15 minutes because more is getting me closer to God. More is getting God to shine his light on me. More is getting more of God's approval in my life. And that is not true. The principle of faith, we're going to find out, is that you are who God says you are. You can have what God says you can have. You can be who God says you can be solely, completely, based on what Jesus Christ did for you in his death, burial, resurrection, and ascension. Can I get a hallelujah out there in the house today, out there in the apartment? Can anybody give me a Jericho march around the kitchen table? Come on, somebody. Wow. So religion actually tells us, right, keep working, keep doing it longer, keep doing it harder, keep doing it. No, 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 no. So what we find out is that the principle of faith is what draws you to God and allows you to receive from God. The principle of faith draws you to God and allows you to receive from God. We'll read a scripture, probably won't get it today, but, but uh, some of you just go ahead and read ahead. And let me, let me kind of give you kind of where you might want to go. If you don't know this, go ahead and read Hebrews chapter 11 about these heroes and heroines of faith. 
that did all kinds of amazing things. And it says consistently in that chapter, they did it by faith. By faith. And through faith. The principle of faith is what caused them to do the impossible. The principle of faith is what caused them to stand in the midst of crazy times. The principle of faith, one scripture says, actually caused the dead to be raised back to life again. The principle of faith. What I want to do for the next several minutes, probably this is what the time we have together this morning, is there are four scriptures, one from the, uh, one from the Old Testament and three in the New Testament, that use this one phrase uh, almost identical. And I want you to do, if you could, come on, write them down. Get a piece of paper. If you don't have paper, come on, I say write on your hand or write on your leg, <laughs> if that's appropriate. Don't write on your kids. Uh, don't write on the couch. That's not good. Uh, but, but go ahead and write, write these four scriptures down because what I want to do is I'm going to look at these four scriptures that say just about the exact same thing, the exact same phrase that we're talking about, this principle of faith this morning. But we want to look at it a little more deeper about the words that are around it, and we want to pull out and we want to extract some truth from these four scriptures that say the same thing about this principle of faith, and we're going to walk out of here a little bit better and a little stronger. Can you say amen, hallelujah, thank you, Lord, up there? All right, here we go. First scripture you want to look at is in the Old Testament, Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 4. Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 4. Notice what the scripture says. Behold the proud, his soul is not upright in him. But, come on, look at the yellow, the just shall live by his faith. Can you say that out loud at the house? But the just shall live by his faith. How are you going to live? Come on, how are you going to live out there in the house? How are you going to live in the apartment? How are you going to live in the condo? How are you going to live at work, wherever you're at? The just shall live by his his faith. Now, rabbis, uh, these are Old Testament men that, that were, you know, uh, Jewish men uh, that taught and lived, uh, they taught out of this thing, the, the, the writings called the Talmud. And these writings were a collection of Jewish religious law. And, and what they said is that Habakkuk narrowed down all of the ordinances and all of the different rules that Moses had, which were hundreds, Habakkuk narrowed down the Ten Commandments uh, to this one command. That's what they said. The one command that now Habakkuk says, all you have to do is do this one command. What is it? The just shall live by his faith. You live by your faith. Now, now, I think it's really interesting, though, is that we, 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 we talk about this, and I was raised in an environment, and we talk about this all the time. And I, man, faith changed my life, and hopefully it's changing your life. And I want, you, I want to encourage you that I really believe the more you hear about faith and the more you work it in your life and the more you understand how it works, your life is going to go from zero to 60 real quick, and things are going to start changing in your life. But I just want to pump the brakes just a little bit this morning and really put, put let's put that scripture back up, guys, Habakkuk 2. Uh, I, I want to pump the brakes just a second because I, I want you to see this part that I didn't really give much credence to until uh, uh, it came alive to me. Check out what it says here. Come on, say these first three words, behold the proud. C come on, B behold the proud. Behold the proud. Anybody know any pride, proud people? Anybody know any people that are just full of pride? Uh, arrogance maybe comes to mind, but behold the proud. Look at this now. His soul is not upright in him. But, but, right? but the just shall live by faith. But the just shall live by faith. 
So here's what I believe, and here's something that I didn't quite lean into for a long time just because it wasn't part of my background in teaching what I had heard. All we did again was concentrate on this last part, but the just shall live by his faith. But here's the thing. You're going to have to overcome before you get what's in yellow. You're going to have to deal with these first couple of words. Behold the proud. His soul is not upright in him. So what are the proud? Could you be? Could I be <laughs> in any area of my life? Could I be, quote, unquote, the proud? Uh, the answer is yes. Here's a working definition or here's a working explanation, I guess, for us is that the proud, the proud would be those trusting in themselves more than trusting in God. The proud would be, I don't need God in this area of my life. I got this all figured out. The proud would be, oh, you believe in that? No, no, no. I'm in control of my life. The proud would be, oh, I need you here maybe, but I don't need you over here. I, I, the proud. Scripture says the proud are trusting in themselves. The proud are arrogant. The proud walk around just like Jesus said when he went to the temple and there's these guys praying. And he sees a religious guy who looks at a guy who is on his knees beating his chest. And the scripture says he's a sinner. And he just says, be merciful to me, oh God, a sinner. And the religious guy who's looking good, all shaved, all sweet smelling, all great, and says, I'm glad I'm not like him. Proud, receiving nothing from God, yet on the outside, it looks like you got it all together. My plea for you this morning is if you would ask yourself a hard, hard question, is there anything in any area in my life that I'm trusting me, I'm trusting my money, I'm trusting my contacts, I'm trusting my business acumen. I'm trusting my relationships. I'm trusting my own strength. I'm trusting my youthfulness more than I'm trusting God. If you are, you might be proud. You might be proud. I believe this is that pride is a faith refuser. Pride just simply will not believe what God said. First instance we found out a principle that we live by is this principle of faith. Habakkuk says it and he tells us. Let's look at a couple of instances from the New Testament. Romans chapter 1, verse 16 and 17. Paul writes and he says this, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Can somebody at the house just lift up a praise the Lord? I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Come on, somebody. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Somebody said this. We'll take a TV timeout here. Somebody said this. The only part of the gospel that will work for you is the part you're not ashamed of. Huh. So come on. Paul says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God. To salvation. The gospel is the power to salvation. Come on, one more time. You, you need some power in your life? You need more salvation of God's goodness working in your life? You just might need a little bit more gospel. 
Come on, good news. The gospel means good news. Preached good news. Come on, here's some good news. Shut off MSNBC, Fox News, CNN. Come on, shut off your social feed. Shut off Facebook. And come on, can I go old school? Get your face in the book. <laughs> yeah, I just said that. Come on, you know I'm old. I said that. Look what he says. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greek, verse 17. For in it, in the gospel, in it, in the gospel, in the word of God, in it, righteousness, that just simply means right standing with God, is revealed, check it out, from faith to faith. From faith to faith. From faith to faith. From faith to faith, as it is written, here it is again, the just, come on, shout it out, shall live by faith. Second time we see it. Second time we see it. Paul picks up the scripture. Paul picks up the truth from what Habakkuk said, and he brings it into a New Testament reality that now in your life, in my life, as believers in Jesus Christ, we need and must live by faith. Habakkuk said live by faith. His faith. But I like the phrase there that we see here. From faith, the right standing with God is revealed from faith to faith. Come on, from faith to faith. So here's what I know. Just that phrase right there. From faith to faith. Is that your faith needs to be constantly growing. Your faith needs to be constantly growing Constantly increasing, constantly changing, constantly moving, constantly stretching, constantly reaching, not staying the same. So what we know in the teachings of Jesus, that's in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, that we see in the Gospels, the good news, we see Jesus teaching. And Jesus said some things that were really interesting. Jesus talked to some people that he said, you have no faith. Come on, say that, no faith. He said, you guys got to have no faith. Uh, then he said, you guys have little faith. And then he talked to a few people that they had great faith. Great faith. Look, look, no faith, little faith, and then great faith. And so my question to you this morning is, do you know what kind of faith you have? If this is a principle of, uh, to live by, if this is a principle that we need to live by, the principle of faith, if we need to incorporate these as guiding principles in our life, do you know what kind of faith you have? No faith? I mean, like, for instance, and here's what I'm going to say. What I've found is being a Christian for a long time and being a pastor for a long time, what I have found is that you can have great faith in one area and, like, no faith in another area. You can have little faith in one area and, and, and just increasing faith in another area. And so what i found across the board is that your faith really isn't the same in every single area of your life. Maybe you've got faith for a strong marriage. Maybe you've got faith uh, for, for a family that, that, that's whole and moving. And so you put a lot of resources and strength and and time into your family. You believe God for that, but when it comes to maybe health or healing or, or staying strong in your body, you have no faith and little faith at all. I want to encourage you, when your faith is weak or when your faith is little in a certain area, apply the Word of God in that area, and you're going to see God growing in that specific area of your life, of your life. Faith means forward movement. Faith means forward movement. 
And so faith just doesn't stay the same. He says that you're, you go from faith to faith, from faith to faith, and faith means movement. Faith means increase. God doesn't want you staying the same. That's why one thing I really believe is that we have obstacles, we have circumstances, we have situations we face in this life. And if we don't address those and we don't come at those with faith, with what the Word of God says, with standing against things and allowing things and praying and, and working that we know to do, just, just working on the Word of God. Uh, if we don't do that, then we're not going to grow. We'll grow to a certain level and we'll be complacent or we'll be stagnant. And God doesn't want you to be a pond. He wants you to be a living river. Rivers flow. Rivers have movement. The Bible says out of your belly, out of your inner man will flow rivers of living water. Rivers that will change you and change others incorporating this principle of faith into your life. You need it. You need it. You need to grow and keep growing. Let me encourage you. What I'm, I'm concerned with a lot of people right now in this, in, in this season is that we've pulled back and we've not grown forward. We've pulled back and yet there's so many of us that maybe have more time than we've ever had in our lives. Maybe working for home or maybe maybe not working as much. And, and I know God bless your moms with kids at home. You, you got less time. So wherever you fit in the equation, my prayer is that you would be a person of faith. Going from faith to faith. From faith to faith. Forward movement. Come on, say that right there. Forward movement. Come on, let's read two more. Paul wrote to the church of Galatians. I told you we're going to read four of these. Here's a third one. He says in Galatians 3, verse 11, No one receives God's approval by obeying the laws and Moses' teaching. Since, here it is, the person who's had God's approval will live by faith. The person who has God's approval will live by faith. You don't receive God's approval by keeping the Old Testament law. <laughs> Again, I don't want to be redundant. I just need to pray more. I pray more, pray more to get God to shine his light on me. I need to do more so that he'll love me a little bit more. No. No. The minute my four children were born, even before they were born, while they were <laughs> growing inside Kimberly's stomach, <laughs> man, a long time ago now, I'd put my face on Kimberly's stomach, on her womb, and I'd start talking to my kids. Didn't know what sex they were going to be. <laughs> uh, we, we didn't know. I don't think we knew any of them what they were going to be until I don't even remember if we knew any of them. But baby, I love you. Can't wait to see you. Mom and dad are right here. We've got a great house for you. Uh, we're going to love you for the rest of our lives. You don't have to do anything. You're not going to be anything. I'm going to love you. I'm always going to be in your corner. I'm talking. Come on, some of you moms got that are pregnant right now, and you've been following the fruit app. I've been talking to a watermelon. Come on, I don't know, maybe not a watermelon. <laughs> been talking to the peach <laughs> as that baby's growing. You don't need to do anything. You're my child. I love you. I approve of you. I value you. Come on, maybe some of y'all this morning, you're struggling with that. 
Does God want you to read the Word? Yeah, come on, you need to read the Word. Come on. Does God want you to pray? Yeah, He wants you to pray. So you can have communion with Him uninterrupted. Come on, text messaging God all day, if you will, for you younger generation. Always in communion. Always, in, always hearing that beat. Always hearing that alert. Always getting that DM on IG. Okay, God, I just want to talk to you a little bit more. God approves of you. The person who has God's approval, he says, will live, Galatians 3.11, by faith. So again, faith in God says this. already said it, but faith in God just says this. I already have God's approval. I already have it. I already have God's favor. I already have it. I'm not trying to get it. I have it. I have it. Changes my mind. Changes my mindset. Changes my expectation. Changes my anticipation. I already have God's approval. Go into every situation. Go into every interview. Whether you get the job or not, I got God's approval. I'm favored by God. Whether I get the job or not. Whether I get the loan or not. Come on. Whether the girl says yes to the date or not. Come on, shout out, young people. I got God's approval. God loves me. Got a great plan for my life. His favor's on my life. I can't earn it. That's Old Testament. New Testament is, I've got it. How do I have it? By faith in his word. He loves me with an unending love. If God is for me, who can be against me? God loves me. Always loves me. I'm approved by God. So the minute you make Jesus the Lord of your life, you have everything. Salvation, peace, favor, love, joy, righteousness, sonship, a great future, acceptance, eternal life in me right now. Heaven's my home. I have God's care. i got a bright future. Don't got to earn it. Don't got to earn it. Come on. How do I receive that? By faith. How do I get that? I trust God, my soul is not proud. I don't trust myself. I don't trust my last name. I don't trust my bank account. I don't trust the letters at the end of my name. I don't trust what I've accomplished. I trust in God. Come on, one more before I let you go this morning. Fourth time we see this in Scripture. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 37, 39. Look what it says. For a little while, the writer says, and he who is coming will come and he's not going to tarry. How many of y'all just think, thank God Jesus is going to come back soon? Come on, shout out amen, amen, amen. Come on, I I'm waiting for those clouds to part. Hope it's today. Let me get a taco first, but I hope it's today. Come on. A little while he who is coming will come and not tarry. Verse 38, come on, look at those words again. Now the just shall live by his faith. Guys, that's four times. That's four times. If you see something once in Scripture, it's important. Twice, whoo, hold the phone. Three times, man, kick the cat out of the house. Four times, wow. Come on, jump around. Shout, shout, jump around. Woo. The just shall live by faith. But look at this now. If anyone draws back, my soul has no pleasure in him. But he finishes and says, we're not those who draw back to perdition or destruction. We're those who believe to the saving of the soul. <laughs> so what the writer of Hebrews says is that the just shall live by faith means we're not drawing back. We're not drawing back. We're not drawing back. 
we're not going back to an old lifestyle. We're not going back to old habits. We're not going back to old cursing. We're not going back to old drinking. We're not going back to old popping. We're not going back to old language. We're not going back to old chasing. We're not going back to old sleeping around. We're not going back. Not going back. It's not going back. We're going forward from faith to faith. So let's just say this, last couple thoughts this morning, is that faith has to be your lifestyle. Faith has to be your belief style. Faith has to be your speaking style. And faith has to be your action style. Come on, write that down this morning right there at the house. So how's your lifestyle been? Lifestyle of faith? Lifestyle of faith? How's your belief style? How's your believing, the foundation of your life? How's your speaking? Speaking faith? Not, not, I'm not talking about lying. I'm talking about when, when you're faced with circumstances, you say, hey, this is, what, this is what I'm faced with, but this is what God says. Tag what God says at the end of what you see. How's your action? Are you acting on the word? Or are you sitting on your hands? acting on the word. All these guys in the Old Testament, New Testament, that did anything great that you love and you admire. Come on, you don't want to have them on your team. They acted on the word of God. They acted on the word of God. So faith has to be, or let's say it this way, faith affects everything you do. Faith just affects everything you do. Faith has to be the lens with which you look at the world. Faith has to be the lens that you look at every problem. Faith has to be the lens that you look at every personal circumstance. And even, listen, how you look at yourself. How you look at yourself. Faith is the lens. Faith doesn't cloud what you're looking at. Faith brings the Word of God into what you're looking at. It's got to be the lens. So, before you say before you freak out, before you move. Come on, put the glasses of faith on. What's God say? Here's what he says. It's, it's what I, how I look, how, how I view, how I, I see problems, how I see circumstances in my own life, and even how I look at myself. Listen, maybe I was a little hard on you this morning. Don't be so hard on yourself. <laughs> Come on, shake yourself. Shake yourself. Just shake yourself. Shake yourself. Don't let Delilah lull you to sleep. The Delilah spirit of the world is trying to cut off your strength. It's apparent. It's apparent. So say, I'm going to be a person of faith. I'm going to trust God. I'm going to trust his word. And I am going to live by faith. I'm not going to be proud. I'm asking you for help. I got your approval. <laughs> you love me. The gospel's the power of God. I'm going from faith to faith. Yes, I am. Yes, I am. And my faith is going to grow exceedingly. Come on, you believe that this morning? I know you do. I believe you received the word of God. You listened real well. I know you did right there at your house. Come on, let's pray. Let's seal the deal this morning. Father, I pray for every single person. 
no matter what's going on in their life this morning. You have entered into their life, those that know you, and you've given them a measure of faith. We're going to work it. We're going to work this principle of faith in our life that believes you and believes the Word more than we believe anything we see. Because we can walk by faith and not by sight. We can. You told us we can. And our faith can grow exceedingly. Father, so I pray, anyone this morning, that they look at any area of their life and they just say, I have no faith. They, they, they just be honest. We're not proud. Just say honest. I have no faith in this area of my life. No faith that God could take care of me. That's why I don't tithe. I don't, I don't give offerings. No faith. No faith. Let faith grow. Let faith grow in them. Maybe there's a, those that just have little faith and short-bursted faith. We just go up. We're like, we're like a rocket ship, and then we fall right back down. Father, I pray that their, their, their faith would continue to go from glory to glory and strength to strength and increase from increase. And Father, I pray for those that have great faith, like that woman with the issue of blood. And We're going to find you right now in the midst of fear. We're going to draw near to you in the midst of drama. Man, we're not going to let the spirit of the world cut our hair, lose our strength like happened to Samson. But we're going to be strong. We're going to be a good courage because we're going to walk by faith and not by sight. Can you say amen? Come on, amen, amen. Last thing we want to do before you check out with us this morning, hope you're still with us. If you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior.